Alexa, accept call. You received a call from an inmate incarcerated at the Department of Corrections. Well, well, as I live and breathe. How are you, young lady? Oh, my goodness, you sound fantastic. I can just feel the thrill and excitement in your voice. Looks like you got good news here, huh? Well, well, not okay, a whole bunch of good news. Okay, well, that's good. Well, I know the last time we were talking, your daughter was in Arizona with, with your ex. Uh-huh. Okay, so you're probably <laughs> one of the few people locked in prison that's happy to hear that somebody else goes to prison. Well, that's kind of different. That's definitely different. So I guess uh, he got uh, tempted to go back to his old ways, huh? Oh, well. Yep, yep, I know how it is. So what are you going to do with your uh, with your daughter? Are you going to try to get her back to Georgia? Yeah, okay. So where, so where is she now? Oh, with a... Okay, all right. So uh, you have some relatives down there that... Uh, okay. Well, I, I... Yeah, well, you know, I think he just wanted to get as far away from you and surround her with his relatives, and that that's fine. But it's nice to know that uh, his sister's on your side, so... I think uh, I think she'll good do a good job. Yeah, from what I understand, he uh, reverted back to the uh, identity theft. Yeah, I guess I guess times just got tough for him down there. Well, that's good. Well, it, it's nice to hear that you're you're happy. Yeah. So, uh, what what do you, what's your next move? Are you are you going to uh, Get a lawyer and try to try to straighten things out. Okay, well, well, that's nice of her. So she'll hold on to her for a little while. Okay, you know, you know, if you want, you can give her my number and and you know she can call me and I can I can work with her on on your little daughter and you know just try. Uh, is she at least uh, talking to you? Are you able to call her? Well, that's oh good good because I know how much you care about her. I mean, you got you got her. Name tattooed. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, young lady. Slow down. First of all, I have a fiance. And second of all, as beautiful as you are, I'm attracted to the little redhead white girls. So, I mean, yep, yep. The odds are against you. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. You know, it's just that usually... You know, we don't really plan on who we fall in love with, and we don't really limit it to looks, you know, at least I hope not. You know, that's something for art. You know, if you have an eye for art and you want to buy a painting or a statuette or a figurine and display it prominently in your home, you know, that's one thing. But it takes a whole lot more when you're in a relationship. I'm sure you know that. What attracted you to Brian? He did. Oh, Okay, all right, so handsome man. Yeah, that's usually when we when we look out and we're you know, we're kinda of roaming around, maybe if we're looking for a mate or something like that, that physical attraction is what, what draws us near. You'll see somebody that catches your eye and you want to get thrown on more. And of course the 
Brian had said all the wrong things, it doesn't matter what he looks like. He would, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yep. Well, no, no, I don't turn down anybody that's not a redhead, and I don't. You have do... sixty seconds remaining. Oh boy. Well, that was a fast one. Well, you know, I just want you to know that uh, it's nice to hear from you, and I'm glad that you're you're up and happy again, and uh, things are moving your way. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, I know you love your daughter. I know you do. You will do anything for her. And as long as she's uh, got you as her mom, she's one of the, the most uh, fortunate little girls in the whole wide world. Yeah, so uh, definitely uh, keep in contact with her. Don't let... Uh, don't let this guy get the best of you. He's trying to use her as a pawn, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, you're you're a good person. You know, I have I have no complaints there, and and, and you know, it's his loss. You know, he he should have taken better care of you. He didn't, and that's just the way things are. You have ten seconds remaining. Okay, well, got to wrap this up. Take care of yourself. Have a good time. Yes. Yeah, yep, your daughter. Yeah, definitely. She's everything. Yeah, send her pictures. Okay, there you go. Wonderful little five-minute call. That was just <laughs> absolutely spectacular. Well, you know, a lot of times for the folks that's locked up, uh, that, that five-minute call or even, you know, if they were lucky enough to get a little extra time in the visit they mean a lot and and it means a lot to those of us out here too you know when I'm talking to my fiance it's fantastic it's just you know it just can light up my whole world and I like hearing good positive feedback from from phone calls and and visits I think that's the the best tool we have to keep people from going back you know they have a reason now with the case with Lakeisha here, she's got a daughter that's in a different state. Now her daughter's staying with her ex's sister, who thinks that he's treated her really bad. He's disappointed in it, and so that's good. You know, she's got an ally, and that's good too. And as long as she knows her daughter's out there and safe, you know, she's going to be comfortable and the time will go by a little easier. And staying in contact with her is going to be fantastic too. It's just a shame that, you know, being that far away and with that family uh, dysfunction there, she's not able to uh, get a good visit or something with her. But just to give you an idea of Lakeisha, she met this guy. They hit it off. You know, and they, they were able to have a good relationship. Child came out of it. And then I'm going to say the finances just got out of hand. You know, it's, it's tough when you take two independent lives and put them together and then add a third. You know, one that's dependent, that needs both of you. And I'm sure Brian really wanted to impress her. Really wanted to support his family. And, you know, the stress got to him. So he wound up being a little abusive, you know, and she, she was, and Lakeisha was more or less on the verge of leaving him. She changed her mind when he was able to get a job and, and you know, get him a place to live. And then uh, he was uh, 
laid off due to the the COVID outbreak and, you know, with unemployment and stuff. And I tell you, you know, I've been around some babies and those little poop factories, from what I understand, they go through diapers like there's no tomorrow and they sprout. I don't see how they grow because everything that goes in the mouth comes out quickly and then you have to throw those little dirty diapers away and put more on. What is it, maybe three, three, four a day? So they can be pricey. The formula can be pricey, medical pricey. All these things are not covered when people fall on hard times. They have to do it on their own. And these two folks didn't know about all of the assistance out there. And there's a multitude of assistance, but they were so independent, so bent on proving something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And, you know, him having had a history of identity theft, he taught her, and both of them made some really good money, breaking the law, and then he uh, messed up. They both got caught, and he turned on her. You know, it was all her fault. She was a gang leader and blah, 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 just so he can get off and be with his daughter. Of course, poor Lakeisha wound up going to prison. And apparently they fell on hard times again because with her locked up and unable to work and him not knowing who to turn to and he was in a state where he didn't have his relatives, he decides to take off, go to Arizona with his family, and then he ends up falling on hard times and going back to the identity theft. I looked up his, his history and yes, he was arrested and he went to prison. So now both of them are in prison and the poor little girl doesn't have either one of their family members or either one of their, uh, yeah, I guess their families are separated by states and her parents are separated. I'm going to try, hopefully I'll get the number to her, uh, her daughter's aunt and I'll be able to talk with them and uh, we can see what we can do. There's a lot of resources out there that can help them out. A lot of agencies that are working with folks. And, you know, when they find out they're not alone, I think they're more likely to stay away from committing crimes and stuff. I don't know. There's no guarantee. Not one person out there is is exactly similar to the other person. So you can't just say you automatically were caught with with drugs, so you automatically have to go to prison for five years and you automatically get the, the felon added to you. That's, we can't say that. Once again, that's why we have court systems out there so that people can listen to the story, find out what happened. I really feel bad for these guys because they didn't take advantage. It's almost like the suicide people. We often feel guilty after they commit suicide. And in their mind, the only way out is just to leave. They don't want to hurt anybody and they just don't want to deal with it. And they've tried and they've they've run out of options and that's all they have left. And we feel very bad. We do what we can. It's just that it's all up to them. They're the ones who make that final decision, not us. And nothing we say, nothing we do is going to change that. We have to hope that they can 
find the right resources, that they can uh, get the help that they need, or that they'll just be able to uh, pick themselves up and continue on. And with the the folks that are, are locked up, it's not too different. You know, instead of committing suicide, which is a terrible thing, they wind up committing crimes. And some of them just keep on doing it because that's all they know. And being locked up in prison with other folks that talk about it, and that's what they're, and, you know, give them some ideas and stuff, that doesn't help either. Especially for those that are first-time offenders. You know, they get in there and they start hearing all these little stories and the wrong ideas get in their mind. And they don't have a chance to uh, grow. And so we need programs. We need uh, supportive relatives and and supportive friends, supportive family that will talk to them and let them know that they're there. Not that they'll fix everything. It's just that they're available to them. So I'm hoping for the best for Lakeisha's daughter. And she sounds a whole lot better. A lot better than she did the last time. She was really upset because she thought everything was gone. Now she has some hope. And if we can keep that going, who knows? Maybe she'll stay out of, uh, out of trouble. Maybe she'll be able to get back on the right path. Once again, it's not up to us. It's up to her. The criminal system can't fix it. You know, the, the judicial system can't fix it. And certainly joining gangs or trying to self-medicate, that's not going to fix it either. There are alternatives out there. The only way to find out is just to sit down with Lakeisha and sit down with her ex, Brian, and find out what's, what's going on. What can we do? Where, where do you see yourself in five years? And hopefully, Angela will be strong enough to make it through without both her parents. And both her parents will find that there are things in life more important than committing crimes. Well, that's my little say for today. Thanks for tuning in. Go out, have a great day, and make wonderful memories for tomorrow.